0: What post you think I'm talking about if I'm talking about brotherly love? Jack. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Derek Jackson. So, you reached out to this brother via social media, and uh, it touched me. I mean, it really, really moved me because it showed the importance of brothers. Um, and, like, Derek has a reputation of bashing men, and you stood ten toes down and talked about how that rubbed you the wrong way, but you also opened up the your arms and said, Hey brother, if, if you want to just chop it up and talk, we all need restoration. Uh, what made you do that?
2: You know, I don't know. I see things in people from time to time and, um, I saw something in him. I, um, I'm R. Whitfield,
0: and welcome to the dear future wifey podcast. Welcome to the dear future wifey podcast. I'm your host, the R. Whitfield. Now listen, Can you please stop shacking up with us and hit that subscription button, make a commitment and subscribe. Listen, today's episode is going to be pretty, pretty dope, man. I got my homie on the podcast today. You know, I really like sitting down and breaking bread with my brethren and uh, this brother, we go way, way back. I mean, y'all, listen, he don't really need an introduction, but I'm going to go ahead and just humor him. I mean, this brother is not only a gospel superstar, but he's a movie producer. He's a playwright. He's a he's a he's a director. Um, he's an actor. The dude, what y'all don't know, you got to get really close to him. If you watch his lives, you'll find out that uh, he's an undiscovered comedian. <laughs> he always cracking jokes and doing crazy stuff. But uh, most importantly, this is my homie. He's my brother in Christ. So, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast, my homie. Bishop, Pastor, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fred Hammond. What's going on,
2: brother? Good, man. How you doing?
0: Man, I'm feeling great. Good,
2: good.
0: Man, listen, Fred. Now, the reason why I have you on the podcast is not only are you just a wealth of knowledge, but I saw a post that you posted, um, I guess that was about a month, a month and a half ago, and so I'm going to affectionately call this episode Brotherly Love. Um, what post do you think I'm talking about if I'm talking about Brotherly Love? Jack. Jack. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Derek Jackson. So you reached out to this brother via social media and uh, it touched me. I mean, it really, really moved me because it showed the importance of brothers. Um, and like Derek has a reputation of bashing men and you stood 10 toes down and talked about how that rubbed you the wrong way. But you also opened up the your arms and said, hey, brother, if, if you want to just chop it up and talk, we all need restoration. Uh, what made you do that?
2: You know, I don't know. I see things in people from time to time. And um, I saw something in him. The way we met, the way I came about who Derrick Jackson was, I was doing a play called, it was actually a musical, kind of a concert mix with Festival of Praise called The uh, Texture of a Man. Hmm. And so all the ladies in my crew were saying, I needed a guy who was kind of, you know, kind of buffed and, you know, eye candy for the ladies. And they all voted for him because he was on the come up. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he even had 50,000 followers at that time. Um, But he was on the come up and they was like all Google eyes. Oh, we got to get him. We got to get him back (laughs) in. So we reached out to him, but we couldn't connect, you know. So I just kept following him like, okay, cool. Let's just see what's going on. And I was I was outdone by what I saw. Right and uh, you know, but I, I kept waiting over the years for him to really just kind of just say, "Okay, man, be you know, be two sided, you know, yeah. be fair, be balanced." Yes, never was. Every now and then you hear him say something about a man and a, and a woman that was ratchet. Every now and then, but <laughs> it that would be like ninety nine to one. Yeah, yeah. And um, I developed a a hurt. I think that's what it was. Yes, it wasn't a dislike for the guy. It was just a hurt because you don't break the man code. Yes, you know, in another word. Those are there are people that need to be exposed. There are men who do women wrong, and they need to be exposed. Right. But man, come on! I, I called it, and me and my guys called it shooting fish in a barrel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and but you're acting like it was. Deep sea dialogue. like you really was doing some major fishing. You know, I, I had to wrestle, And It's a barrel full of fish, and you shooting them and pulling them out. Saying, "Wow, it was a tough fight." But you know, so you had all these women just kind of yeah. gasping at at, at at your at your you had you had chance to do some good to teach them how to be respectful. but yes. all you taught was how to hate the brotherhood. Yeah. And I was not cool with that, man. I wasn't cool, but something wouldn't let me stop and then, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't addicted to his show or nothing like that. but every now and then, I kept him on my feet. I didn't just I, and and I follow would see him
0: or nothing. Yeah.
2: And um, I didn't predict anything like, you know, one day he's gonna get his come up. I didn't none of that. I just yeah. said, man, that's I just saw his following grow and this and that and I just it just got more and more and more. And then came the fall, came the it came. Yeah. And I was watching him, and something said, reach out to him for his life. Mm. Not for to help him restore his image or anything like that, but check on him for his life. That's and good. Um, That's good. So. I'm a transparent dude, so I understood that if, you know, so I understand how social media works. Yeah. So I uh I knew that I had to eight mile the uh the, the post. You know mm-hmm. how you know how Rabbit did if you watch Eight Mile, one of my favorite movies. Talk, that's my favorite movie. At the end of the day, at the end of the show, you know, he was he, he understood that uh Clarence, this was the real name, uh was like you know, getting ready to come after him and talk about it, how bad he was. So he talked about himself. Yes. And then say, okay, now what? Yep. So what I ended up doing was saying, okay, I'm going to let you know, man, I'm not feeling you like that so that I wouldn't get all this hate mail for you standing up for this. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm going after one person from a pastoral brotherly situation. Yeah. But I don't feel like. However, he set his life up that I should take all the hits yes. going after. So I would use <laughs> wisdom and say, okay, I understand, man. I wasn't feeling you. And um, I think what you did was this, and now you're here. So now that everybody, I shut all them up yeah, before coming after me. And then I said, okay, now, if you need me, holler. And I meant it, and he did. And That's we good. talked immediately, and the first conversation was a couple hours That's good. And it was transparent, and I could feel the hurt. I understood where he was at. Yeah, we all know. But I also recognized there's a calling on his life, and maybe that's why God called me to To go see about him and just say, hey, man, listen, if you need, you know, I can't condone that other stuff. And he was very nothing. He wasn't trying to, like, justify anything. He had reached the bottom. Yeah. And... It was funny because everybody was letting him have it.
0: Oh boy, they're, Charlemagne they're, went in. It was it was, oh, it was bad.
2: Everybody was letting him have it, and I ain't gonna lie. I had one probably. Right? It was a little softer <laughs> joke. It was a little softer joke because I don't really kick people while they down. And before I could push posts, the Holy Ghost said, "Don't." Good. He said, "Don't," and I said, oh, "Okay, I'm not going." to <laughs> And so I was gonna leave it alone, and then the Holy Ghost said, Go get him. You mm-hmm. know, and here's what I want you to say. So I went and said what I said and I reached out and one of the things he said was because everything had happened prior, mm-hmm. like like months and months and months prior, and it yeah. just kinda broke. One of the things he said was, Man, when I first saw the piece, and I first saw you and and the whole Set up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to think because yeah. somebody said, "Watch it to the end." He said, "Your music was one of the things that got me through this terrible time in my life." Talk and about I, it. So, so, just imagine had I turned.
0: <laughs> man, on, when know, I
2: tell you it would have went south, it's like here it I am listening to this man, and then and that would been that could have been the final nail. Yes. So you never know, but I mean, by just being having some compassion and saying, "Man, listen, I'm, I'm here if you if you want." You know, you got a nice long roll back. But when we talked, you know, well, I won't divulge what we talked about. Of course but It was not. very transparent. It was honest. And, you know, we have developed a friendship to the point where we check in once every two weeks or so. Hey, Jack, yeah. what you doing? And He said, man, I'm making it through this time. You asked me how I'm doing. So that's, that's who I am, and. A lot of people think i'm 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 famous because I sing this way or I <laughs> play bass or did music. no the Lord knew He can trust me with that, yeah, and so that's why I'm still kind of current and relevant, you know,
0: well, that's what's so dope, like even um like you were the soundtrack to my salvation, and so when I first came out of the streets toting pistols and all that stuff, and the Lord redeemed me at eighteen years old, I would listen to uh your yeah, albums on the way going to my telemarketing job and um coming home from it and when I was going through baby mama issues, I would listen to Fred Hammond all the time and mm-hmm. Spirit of David and uh just just drawn out of me. Like all that was just it was the soundtrack to my salvation. And so you've always played a very integral part in my life. And I remember my ex wife when my show went to uh Detroit. And I had two shows touring at the time. And so my show was in Detroit and she called me, she was like, you're going to be real upset. I said, what happened? Fred Hammond came to the play today. And I was like, Oh my God. When I say I was so upset, I was like, Oh my God. And I said, God, please Please mm-hmm. let me meet this man again. I got, I, I got, I got Detroit, to meet. Yeah, at the yeah. Fisher. At the Fisher. When my yeah, show went bad. Yeah, and, Shantae Moore yeah. and Kenny Lattimore. What men don't tell. Yeah. And I was like, God, please let me meet this dude. Like, this is my favorite gospel artist of all times. The other part that, uh, and I shared with, I shared this with you years ago, is that you remember when uh, Dallas Bishop David E. Martin used to do yeah. the, uh, yeah, he used to do the big conferences. Yep. And then one time you were up there singing and I was like, I was 19 years old. And back in those days, I used to worship God. Like I I run around the whole Coliseum. And one day I was up worshiping God and I was running around. And this is before I ever became a national playwright. You pointed and you said that young man can have anything he wants from God because he knows how to worship and when I say that, stayed with me and lived with me at 19 years old. And then later on in that sermon, I mean, later in that service, uh, Bishop, he would preach this message called the proverb must cease. Never will forget it. And you were singing and Bishop was preaching and I was down at the front of the altar and Bishop stretched his hand you know, towards the audience. And we were up worshiping and I was at the front and I literally floated off the ground about six to eight inches people around us was like what is going on my, my friend's mom was there and they kept asking her, what, what's going on with this dude because I literally floated off the ground in worship and I would never ever forget that moment at 19 mm. but you created an atmosphere of worship and that's what God has always done in your life and so I don't think it's just by happenstance that um Derek said that your music is what's been healing his heart to bring him into repentance. So how did that make you feel for him to actually say that?
2: Uh, man, I was glad. I was glad. You know, doing what I do and being called, you know, I'm kind of used to it. I, yeah. I still appreciate it, though.
0: But you hear from men, though? I mean, man, I know you hear man, a lot from man, women, yeah, but no, you hear men talk about... Man. man, yeah.
2: It's 50-50. You know, I hear really? from just as many men as I do from women. You know, when, when you look at the ratio of men to women, yeah. by my record, uh, 70% of women buy my record and 30% of men, but it's at least 50 to greater of the men who do buy it who let me know, you know? Because I've always tried to be, like, in the in the gospel space image-wise, mm-hmm. the guy that other guys want to hang out with. yeah. You know, because yeah. I'm just a normal dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Riding I, motorcycles. I, I ride right. bikes <laughs> and boat and love sports and athletics. I can, you know, I try to be well versed. And then we can kick it from the spiritual side. Yeah. I you know, have to tell you what, thus saith the Lord. And
0: um, you keep it real. So it ain't keep like it one you're some keep holy roller that you going to keep, it, keep, gonna keep Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's up. And so um, how important is it? Like I said, I'm calling this episode Brotherly Love. Why do you feel brotherly love is important?
2: Uh, Well, that's the Bible. The Bible tells us that behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, and unity brings love. There it is. You can't be with somebody you don't love.
0: There it is. You
2: know. And the Bible, Jesus said before he left, he said, love one another like I loved you, and I'm going to show you how I loved you. And he went to the cross. There it is. Um, Love is the key. Love is the key to everything. So in this time, you know, brothers got to kind of stick together. You know, it's enough, you know, outside hate yeah. to go on to, you know, to to deal with without brothers hating each other. But, you know, uh when, when people can kind of get over their isms and schisms and jealousies and petty, you know, stuff, you know, and realize there's space. Yeah. You know, enough space for everybody to kind of do whatever they do, you know, um, you know, I just I just believe in promoting that. I really
0: do one thing that I've always respected is you you're you're not afraid to support another brother uh, time I had shows that come through Dallas or whatnot you'll participate you ain't coming with hey you need to pay me to come do this you need to pay me for that you'd be like man I just want to come hang out and that's one thing that I've always admired and if I have, if I've never told you thank you, enough then I want to just thank you publicly for being that type of dude for for always just saying hey I just want to come out and hang out and and it's like you really enjoy being on the stage and acting and trying something new and then when you did your first play you know I took it as a huge honor that you would call me to help co-direct that show with you Um, and like I said you just always been a creative and so what has made you that type of dude that is always open to support another brother
2: oh man it's like you know Partnerships, strategic partnerships are is, is God's currency. Yeah, that's that's heavenly currency. The, is partnerships and networking, uh, and uh, I've always liked you know doing that and supporting people and and uh, being a part of something. You know, especially when you see something that's really good and you can say, "Man, I like you know." Yeah, I hang out with you for <laughs> a minute. Let's have fun. Yeah, let's, let's do that. You know? yeah. But you know, it's it's just not you know. I think too many people like some people will they figure support is just showing up at the play. Yeah. You know, or uh, you know, or that you're gonna get some sort of advantage if I come on and um, and help people that buy tickets to your play. Right. You know, and then people if I come on that night and then people say, Hey Fred Hamill's on that night, he's he gonna be back tomorrow and I'm like, Well, hold on a second, I don't know, how much you know <laughs> I've been blessed by giving. It's just a form of giving. There know, it is. You know, it's not just giving and tithe and offering. I've been blessed by giving to others. My, my other friend, J.D. Lawrence, same thing. Yep. You know, they asked me, would you come? And they said, you think you would do a cameo? And I said, yeah, let's have fun. As long as, it, as, long as they got to learn no big old part, you know? <laughs> No, Fred, let what y'all me, know,
0: Fred will write his own part. Let me tell y'all this real quick. Fred would be like, listen, I'm finna write my own part in it. I ain't trying to memorize a whole lot of stuff. Let me write my character and tell you what I'm going to do in the show.
2: But it, it it will relate. To the show. To the show. Yeah. Like, I don't make another show inside somebody else's show. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I get the script. I look at it. I may come one night and say, okay, let me see it. Yeah. This is what will fit and won't take away from yeah. the vision, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and then trying to change anybody else's show. I'm like, okay, here's let me <laughs> input this, and then we're all good. So and you like, like you like acting, huh? Like like like. Well, I, I I do to a degree. Acting is hard though, man. When you really get into some <laughs> real, 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 debt. but I do I do like acting. I love I love uh, I love acting, and I love having fun. I love you know. I really do like it, I, but yeah. I, I've, I've grown as I've gotten older. Now, yeah, I love directing. Okay, I love producing. I love writing it. You know, yeah. and then uh, you know, because nine times out of ten, you know, it's hard for a person to to film me or direct me because they're not paying attention. They just think you can shoot me any kind of way, and this that, and that. So I'm like, oh, I man, yeah. <laughs> if I can't see it, you know, I don't want to be it. You know, but um, on stage, though. You know, I can I can be my alter self, yeah. know, the, the, the creative self. I'm not an alter ego. It's, a, it's a creative. Yeah. I can tap into whoever I am trying to play, the character I'm trying to play, and, you know, to a degree, be goofy, be, be this, you know, certain things I can't play, certain roles I ain't going to be able to play. Tell you, <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm not a real actor, so don't expect me to play that role. <laughs> I'm not a real actor. I'm... I'm playing that.
0: You masquerading as but I, I
2: really have so much respect with for actors who like really immerse themselves and and help us go on that journey. Yeah. You know? So I, I do love it.
0: So when you did now, this is something that really, really struck a chord with me. We were doing the Christmas Who Needs It. We were doing the 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 film version, and your mom passed away, and you were. Working the next day We had a scene that we were shooting in your office And the next day I felt real You know like should, should I show up Should I tell him that he need to take a break Or what you know What is all that about what makes you that guy That is I'm going to say borderline you a workaholic But how were you dealing with The passing of your mom but working The next day
2: I'm not really a workaholic because I can go to bed <laughs> Like no no I can go to bed I can go home, and I can go to bed. But I am when um, my mother taught me and my brothers to be responsible you had to be responsible. And unfortunately, there were people who were on a schedule mm. out of town. Oh, there were people there were there were DPs and lighting yeah. and, and editors and. Man, I, we had a crew of, I don't man, we probably had a crew of 30 people. Yeah, it was
0: about 30-something.
2: And um, to go off one day would throw everything off and throw the money off and yeah. throw everything off. And so my mother taught us, you know, she taught us boys. She's like, you know, you do what you got to do. You know, so the day of the funeral, we took off and the family came through. But the next day, we had to shoot. And you just... But that's a testament to Mildred Hammond. You know, mm. handle your business. Handle your business. But I, I, I mean, listen. If I don't really have nothing to do, I can chill like a mother. <laughs> I can, i I just handle the business at, at hand. Now, when it's time, we grind. Yeah. When it's time, we grind. Yep. And when it ain't, We're we rest chance. and we play and we chill. You know. Now my chilling is different. Back in the day, you know, we could. If you came to Detroit. To face to face in Detroit, we had a time where we would all work, you know. And, and it, I had a full production crew, man, eight musicians and all the staffing and everything. And it looked like Dallas, but it was just in Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, the warehouse. And um, but one thing I understood is work hard, play hard. So yeah. we'd work, man. We'd work, we'd work. We'd be writing songs, pulling up stuff, man. We'd be we'd be moving around that office, and then one of them days. You know, Four o'clock, we say, hey, man, shut it down. What is we doing today? Are we jet skiing? Yeah, you love them jet ski. Are we motorcycling? Yeah. Or are we four-wheeling? <laughs> because you got to have a time. I almost, I didn't understand because I loved music so much back in the 90s. And we were starting to take off and I had my own studio and I loved the producing of it that I burnt out on it. I, I did mm. it for so hard that I didn't like it anymore. Because it was my hobby and my work, and I literally burned out on music, and I didn't understand what was going on. And finally, I had went to some counseling, and you know, and he was like, "You gotta have some. You gotta have an outlet." So yeah. one day, I just at the at the. I was probably right on the edge of a emotional event. That's what I'll call it. Nervous breakdown.
0: Um, <laughs> So say um, the, the nice way.
2: Um, the and way uh, I, I took my family to, my wife at the time, I took her to Florida with my daughter, and I took her sister and her daughter so that she can have somebody. Because I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I mean, so we went for about 10 days, and All I right. went to Orlando, and i never forget, I was so, like I couldn't even take talking, and they was just going at it. I bought a big suite so that they can... They, they on can stand yeah. and everybody can just have their ball. And I, I couldn't even take talking. I was dealing with some stuff, and I was like, man, I was, I was on the edge. And, uh, and enemy was talking, said, "Man, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Mm. Your, your fall is gonna be great. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna get you." And so I went out and I, I sat by the pool. And then one day it was so bad, I said, "You know, I think I'm gonna just go to the Bahamas by myself. Y'all stay here." I'm going to go where I can be really, really quiet and really still. I don't want to answer no questions. I don't want to do anything. And I sat by the pool one day for two days, eight hours a day, just sat by the pool and slept by myself in Florida. And um, about the fourth day in, I started being able to be in public with people. So her her brother Keith was there and Mark Sharona. Um, Good friend Bishop Mark Sharona was Mm. there. And uh, people were trying to get me to come out and do music. I said, I don't want to do no music. I don't want to come, you know, I don't want to do nothing. And so we went to Universal. And so when I had Keith around, Keith, his wife, Kiki, Anthony, and all the family was around, it was healing to me. And I could just, I could let myself down. They were like, cool, you know, just do this. So we were walking around Universal. And I was enjoying the rides, but I didn't have much to say because I was really on the edge. And then one day they were like, man, we want to go back on, you know, so back to the future. We want to go back to this, and this, that, another, and I, I said, I need to sit down. And I said, there was this big old pond, real long pond, about the size of the pond next to my crib, and it was, it was just beautiful. And I said, I'm just gonna sit right here. Hmm. I'm gonna sit right here. Y'all do as much as y'all want. I don't care. Y'all can take four hours. I'm gonna be. I won't move. I promise you. I'm gonna eat. <laughs> I just want to sit by the water. And when I sat by the water, it was calming. Mm-hmm. And then and the next thing, and I didn't know this, and then I did some research later on, but next thing I know, people start gathering around, and they, everybody was standing by the water. And I was like, the next thing I know, it was like a barn at the end of the pond. And out of it shot a jet ski off the top. Dang. Boom! And hit the water. And then these boats came out from the bottom, and they were shooting. <laughs> putting on the show, and the boats jet ski was moving around. And I was like, man, man. I was like, this is dope, man. This is just another. And I was like, I want to do that. I want a jet ski. That looks fun to me. Yeah. And I went home, and I bought two jet skis. And I took them to the lake every day. Me and my boy, Big Kev, we get on them, go to the lake. And we would just jet ski. And my life started coming back. That's good. I saw Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. And I saw that I went to Cirque du Soleil as well, like that same the next night, and I saw something so amazing I couldn't even mm-hmm. explain it. And so I went and I was just getting by the lake and I was just go every day about i just take off and we're gonna go to the lake. And then I bought a little boat and then we just I'd just be on the water, man, three, four hours till it's dark, and I'm hitching it up every night. Then I asked a marine biologist, because I bought a bigger boat. See, every time I come to the water, man, I-, I feel different. He said, man, there are electromagnetic waves in the water, in a large body of water. That's what happens. He says, what makes you think from the moon to the earth that something is so strong enough that it'll take push the tide in and it'll pull the ocean back? Mm. And you're just a speck. It's pulling a large body of water. Mm. You're a speck. So them them the magnetic waves pull all of that negativity out of you. That's why you love being by the water and just sitting. You can just go and sit. That's why anybody you can go that's and sit and check Everybody out. say that you can go and check it out. You don't understand, but they don't understand between the sun, between the moon, and between the water. It's always there's a transfer. This is what God's got. It's a transfer, in and out, mm. and it just pulls that stuff out of you. So that's kind of why you know I le- it just it's just calm me and I learned it. So then I became a boater, and a jet skier. And so we would just find out what to do, what we're doing or not. But then we would work. We'd put our records out, make our music, we rehearse, do tours. But then we'd go have fun, get on them bikes and them, them ATVs, and we'd go out and get dirty. We'd ride for seven hours up these <laughs> mountains and all this stuff, getting almost getting killed, just, like, <laughs> you know, just crazy stuff. You know, so.
0: you know, that's a whole different perspective uh, that gave me a different perspective on baptismal. That, that, you know, being in the water, that even from a, a scientific standpoint, the power of that, mm-hmm. where Jesus would baptize them in the ocean and stuff. It's like, wow. Because when you sit by an ocean, it is very calming. It is very relaxing. And,
2: uh, yeah, thank you for that perspective. Yeah, you man, know, that's, yeah. that's why I love the water. I haven't been around. I, I just refurbed my boat, um, and it should be going back in the water any like in a month or so. No, we are going and invited uh, myself. And right. it's like what are we doing. You, you know, right by my house now, but it's it's different down here. So I had to wait. You know, you know all of that, all of that, you know stuff, the political stuff that was going on. And, you know, ain't a bunch of black people down in my no. book. I'm like, man, I, I'm, wait before I go I'm wait gonna before wait. I go down there. Why you said I'm gonna wait for it. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'd be like, you know, you hear somebody call out, Trump. And I'd be like, okay, man, listen, I'm just trying to have a boat. I'm just trying I'm just to, to live. I just sit here and put my toes in the water. I don't feel like fighting you today. And no, so I had to wait. You know, in Detroit, we were part of the biggest black boating community in the country. Oh, really? The the place I used to, Harbor Hill, and uh, Irma, P., uh, Irma Henderson, who was a councilman, a famous councilman, and it was just a row of them, so it was probably a thousand boaters, ninety percent black. Dang! And everybody, it was like like when you step through them gates, it was like stepping back in time. Everybody is barbecuing, that's everybody's dope. taking care of each other, everybody's looking after each other's boat. You don't Dang, worry about nothing. It was just like a throwback in time. It's like a, it was like a block party family reunion every time. So when I come down there, you know, people would come, and they knew you know, I was divorced at the time. They'd be like they'd be bringing me food and say, make sure you eat this and got this. And they stock my boat. I come back, my <laughs> boat is all stocked up. And they weren't just doing it for me because I was Fred. They stock each other's boat. Like, they come in and say, man, I bought some stuff. This, this, I know you like this. And they would go get this, this. So I would bring stuff and say, man, y'all can, and man, you know. Is it still like that? Uh, since... It's probably beginning it took a hit during the Detroit recession though. Okay. You know, it took a, a lot of people lost their boats. You know, because they had them black folks had some they spent some money on some boats. They spent 200,000. Dang. You know, they because they was taking out mortgages and, and God, you know, oh. they would take they would take trips, man, and, 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 and all these boats, 50, 60 boats, would travel up uh the Detroit River all the way out to Lake wherever the lake is, that goes to straight to Cleveland. They meet up with other black boaters, man. There's three, four, five hundred of them, all linked <laughs> off. And man, they just had a wonderful time. I never got a chance to take a trip, because every time they took one, I was on tour. Yeah. But when they came back, man, it was just another, It was like I loved going down there, man. Music was playing. They had a band playing, you know. And it's probably, like I said, two hundred boats in the in marina. And man, they have a band playing. They have a DJ playing. The people out there dancing. And you that's know, dope. It was. It was just fun. So I, I enjoyed it here. <laughs> Mm, not so much, <laughs> you know, but, you know, thank God, I, it's still a lot of, I still met a lot of nice white people, you know, it's like, you know, people not tripping, Yeah, you know, but during that last year, pandemic, I said, I use that as, excuse You I ain't going down there. <laughs> All this stuff, you know, you never know. Like, you start hearing, so yeah, and you'd be like, oh, whoa, 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 bro. <laughs> I'm the, I i can't get to the shore quick enough. And I, you know. it's stupid. It's like, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's it's, still it's still a passion of mine. And um, I'm getting ready to dump back in.
0: You still got your jet skis?
2: No, I mean, I sold them when I when I moved here. I got old too old for that. So. Yeah. Foolishness, you know, man, getting in I'm, Your you kids know. used to be riding on them? Because yeah, you did have them a, in Dallas for a minute, didn't you? No, I didn't. I never. I didn't bring. Them. Oh. I didn't bring them. I didn't bring them. I just brought my one boat out of a thirty foot, thirty two foot criss crab. I just bought that, and I didn't know I had a jet ski boat, and it got stolen. They stole the boat. They stole the boat. I, the boat. I, I trusted somebody <laughs> to put it on their lot. They said, "Man, put it on my lot. I'll sell it for you." And next thing I know, I get a call. Hey, did you pick your boat up? <laughs> Lost a friendship because. Talking, yeah. about love, we're talking about brotherly love, friend. We talking about This is brotherly love. <laughs> <laughs> brotherly love is holding you accountable too for your my foolishness. You know, oh but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like okay, it is what it is.
0: So do you think we as brothers uh, actually lean on each other enough when we're going through emotional turmoil? Like, do are you the type that when you're going through something painful that you just seclude, or do you? Do you have some accountability brothers around that you tap into and say, man, I'm hurting right now. I'm going through X, Y, Z.
2: It's important that you find those people because you can't tell everybody. Of course. Everybody just ain't, they're they, they not, they not rocking with you like that. Yeah. You know, they're waiting for you to give them news. And these are the kind of people who go behind your back, tell your business and all this yep. other crap. But there's everybody has that one, two, three dudes yep. that's in their life that can say, hey, man, shut the door. You know, here's what I feel. Yeah. I mean, whether you are, and you don't always have to go and say, you know, I'm grateful for you brothers being here and for such a time as this. <laughs> you ain't got to talk like that. You can say, hey, man, hold on, shut the door. <laughs> Let me tell you what, man. I'm going to tell you something. That was messed up. <laughs> <laughs> me tell you this, man. Here's, I'm twisted. Yeah. I need y'all's help because am I thinking about this the wrong way? Yeah. Those are people you trust, and they can say, yeah, no, nah, man. They're not going to be yes men to you, but they're not going to kill you with everything you say either. Yes. Gonna be like, nah, man, I think you might want to look at it this way. Or, man, you dead on. Yep. I ain't like him either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think she was crazy the first place. I don't even know why you dated her. She was just crazy in the first place. Wasn't the, I don't know what you were thinking. I was waiting for you this opportunity because you stupid, you crazy. You was looking at that. That's what you was doing. You couldn't get your head out. Your, now, now what? So now let's pick up the pieces, man. There name. it is you know but you there need is. those people cuz you yes. trust them yeah multitude of counsel there is safety but you still got to find the right people to be your counsel to be safe well, you can't you can't let everybody in your holy of holies you can't yeah. let everybody. You yeah. keep some people in the outer court let a few people in the inner court and even less people in your secret place the yeah, holy of holies yeah.
0: that's real that's real so what what advice would you tell brothers that's that's looking or they feel like they're you know they're an island all alone that no one knows what they're going through. They may be going through marital issues. They may be facing suicide. Uh, I've gotten emails from people who watch my podcast brothers who have been facing suicide and I'll just reach out to them and say, send me your number. And they're always surprised that I would do that and talk to them and just chop it up with them. But, uh, and it's typically guys that are going through painful divorces. Um, it's something about a divorce that can really just wreck your life. Um, what would you say to brothers like that who feel like they have, they feel like, and of course we know there's always somebody that cares, but what would you say to those people that feel like they have no other brother they can turn to?
2: There is always somebody. There's always somebody. You just have to be willing to be transparent. You get a point, you know, and and, and you're drowning. Yeah. When you're drowning, do you care? Who throws you a life raft? Who there throws it is. you a life preserver? You care? You you you. What you gonna do? You know, you're gonna walk away from it and just still try to struggle and you can't swim. You know, at some point in time, you gotta you gotta ask God and you gotta trust people and, and and be wise about who you can trust, but talk talk, you know, the enemy wants you to be quiet, you know, because at that time the enemy has got you like you know, like hyenas have hyenas or lions find that one that's about hurt, beast, that's all by itself, and they, they cut them off from the rest of the pack. And uh, the enemy wants to cut you off for the rest of the pack. So he, ro- he walks around as a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. So Talk about pride it. of lion will cut you off from the pride, but the enemy can be defeated because God still, there's always somebody that will help you. And just be willing and be willing, you know, you know, just... Find that one person. You got that one person. You know. Yeah. You know what it is. If you don't open up to them, you know, uh, then you are you are one of them in them, one of them situations. You know that, that could be, you could be a casualty.
0: What are some projects that you're working on right now? I know you always got your a lot of irons in the fire. What you got going on these days?
2: Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. If it was up to me, if I had them them them. Uh, like, if I was deep in the millions, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do one thing. <laughs> you just sit up by the lake and I just stare be, at the water. I would be, have a, we'd have a house on the lake or somewhere. <laughs> I'd sit there, and I wouldn't have a beard, real long, and I wouldn't talk to nobody. I'd just be a, we'd just be a hermit, and uh, I wouldn't even care. But You're too to do that. You know you couldn't do that. Unfortunately, uh, you got to still pay the mortgage. Yeah, So, you know. Uh, this pandemic was rough, but yeah. God is still giving me great ideas. So now I'm working on a live album mm. that I'm going to do on social media and give it away for free. What? Mm-hmm. Brand new music, and I'm going to give it away for free. Let people see it. I'm going to get ready to shoot it um, and bless people with it. You're going to give it away like what? You're going to put it on YouTube? or I'm put it on all of it. And just just drop Here it is. It. There's brand new music. You're going to hear it. It's going to be mixed, done, and it's going to be given away. And, um i've tried everything else out? i've tried to well the, the album itself will have about maybe 10 12 songs on it but i'm going to let people in on about eight of them you know and it's going to be a worship service and and uh, at the end of the day i heard the holy ghost again say it was funny because when the pandemic hit this time last year so much money walked away mm-hmm. very first day that they said okay Churches are going to be closed for the next three months. $75,000 walked out of mm. my economy that day. Mm. And I buckled over. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. I was trying to finish up a film, and I was trying to mm-hmm. I was trying to do all this other stuff. And then every day, it compounded. Money just mm-hmm. left. Dates just closed. Yep. Just that and the other. And then they were talking about the rest of the year. And I didn't know how I was going to make it. And then the Holy Ghost said, now, I want you to do a concert for free. <laughs> Like, God, don't you know? I just lost all this money. Like, there's no add up. And I'm thinking, that cannot be God. (laughs) I rebuke you. I rebuke you. And, uh, but I know it's God when it's the opposite of what my flesh wants. There it is. And so I had, I just took the little money out that I did have. And my film stopped because I was funding it. Everything else stopped. And I took about $7,000. I went to the studio. I did a concert, and I didn't want to just open up a laptop and play a bass in front of me. When the spirit of the Lord, I ain't like, I wanted to feel like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do you God's. do it right. I'm going to do it excellent yeah. to, to the best of my ability. Not perfect, but excellent. And So we went in there, and I, we filmed it, and uh, we mixed it. We edited it, and then we put it out. And I asked God, I said, Lord, please, okay, for this, just let people – let 60,000 people listen to it. Mm. Log on and listen to it. That would be a great blessing to me. I said, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to get a little pushy. You said, ask. I said, if you don't mind, could you let 100,000? But I ain't pushing it, but at least 60. <laughs> at least 60, Lord. You know, Because that would feel like... You know, yeah. yeah. And the Bible says, the Lord is able to do all above oh. all that you can ask or think. There it is. And that concert... On my page went to 1.7 million people. God. Um, and people were crying out and they were and I was watching them watch it because I had pre-did it and people's comments were going, I need to blah 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 blah. And um, 1.7. 1.7. Yeah. Then Hezekiah Walker shared it on his page. 2.2 million people <laughs> watched it. God. So between he and I, five million people <laughs> watched the show. And then now you gotta figure out all the people that yeah. shared it from them pages. Yeah. So it's estimated between ten and twenty million people yeah. viewed it, and I was okay with that. I was like, Man, Lord, that's so I was okay with." It. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. I was like, "Okay, Lord, I, so I, I- okay. get it. Shoot. I get it." Because you know, we think we're gonna go Netflix. We think, yeah, go Hulu. And- yeah, and we think we're gonna. Go. And God, with me, has always used a different route. So I'm like, if this is it, you know, then this is what it is. So even with my. Uh, all my hard drives and everything I have on it and my my, my, my choir project came to a halt. I couldn't finish it. And Oh the choir, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all of that kind of stuff. It's it's you look at it and you can you could curse it and you could say, right, 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 right. Or you could say, Okay, Lord, what what did you have me do that for? And um, he said, No, I want you to go ahead and put it give it away. And I'm like, I was on a plane. And I was sitting there planning a strategy with what I had. I went and rewrote it, and I had just enough to be able to do about mm-hmm. an hour and a half worth of footage. And I, and I was just like, okay, I, I'm going to put it out. I, you know, I'm going to put it out. I can do it on hard drives. I can sell hard drives. I can do this, that, and that. I can sell <laughs> little zip drives. I can sell links. And, and I could try to. And, 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 and no way I saw that I could really make it. And the Holy Ghost said, give it away. And I was on the plane. And well, here we go again. <laughs> And it was so against the opposite of what I'm. Not, but Lord, I had all this money invested in it. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to finish. You know I'm not a quitter. And I cried for mm-hmm. thirty minutes uncontrollably. Good thing about it, it was like seven six thirty in the morning, and so the lights was out, so mm-hmm. they could not see me. And I was just literally bawling. I had my I had my coat in my face because I was like, Lord, you know I'm not a quitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't quit and i want to make sure you know that I, this is this feels like quitting to me and he was like just give it away give it away didn't you give me the first commission album mm. didn't me give didn't you give me all your publishing for five years take you took nothing you didn't take a dime didn't I tell you to give it to me and what did I do with Didn't I multiply it i could not speak and uh uh Next thing I know, I just said, "Okay." You know, it was a nevertheless that came, and I said, "I got to find a way to do it because it's edgy and it's this, and um, I got to find a way to do it, be so that you know." So I, I realized I'm just gonna everything I have, I'm just giving it away now. just for free. I'm just here. You go, y'all can have it. I'm not gonna let it sit there. I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not gonna be bitter none of that. I'm just gonna here. You go. Here you go. Take it and I give it. But everything I've ever did that with, from my music, I gave away all my music in the first part of my career with commission. I gave it away. What do you it, mean? You was running around
0: giving cassettes to people?
2: No. I did not when I was part of the writing team. Yeah. I would write major parts of the songs. And, then and I know. was told that, you know, you don't get that. And other people were fighting, like, oh no, I ain't doing that. But the Lord said, okay, if you don't do that, then the group won't be successful. So oh. they're going to win now. But I promise you, if you let them win now, I'll let you win later. Mm. Mm. And I wanted the group to be so successful that I gave away all my rights to all the parts of the song. i am listening to songs today. I say, wait a minute, I wrote that whole section. <laughs> and I wrote that whole section. Not in a mad way. Yeah, but just remember remembrance way. for six years, I gave stuff away. I gave it away and I got another. Other people got big checks, but I gave it away. And I was broke. And there were times I just felt like, you know, me and my family could use this. And I didn't. I was called not a smart businessman. I was called this, that, and the other. But I would see a part in the song that needed to happen. And I would say, I should let this song suffer because y'all not helping me <laughs> do mine, you know. And then the Holy Ghost would say, now. The whole group is going to suffer yeah. if you don't. Well, this song is going to be great if you add that to it. And I would add it and with nothing in return. Mm. And with Mm-mm. nothing in return. And now, literally, I've made tens of millions of dollars in publishing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after that fact, it took six, seven years. Yeah. But I've made so much money in publishing over this 40-year period. But that's on your albums, though, right? On my albums. Yeah. And now... There's still parts of that album that I still make royalties on because of the artist royalties. Yeah, yeah. Because I made it and people are still buying it, That's I'm it. still getting it. Yeah. I'm still blessing other people. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Now that my records are selling and still selling.
0: It's making no sell now. It's making them sell. They're yeah. still
2: getting checks. Yeah. And I'm cool, but my checks have been greater. Uh, I just re-signed with a digital streaming uh, platform company that just does digital. It's not a label. And we just did a partnership deal. And I haven't even announced it. It's the first time people are hearing about it. And um, this is what this record is going to come out on. Mm-hmm. And they came to me. They said, Mr. Hammond, you're not a millennial, but you have the ear of so many people. Yeah, yeah, boy. He said, "You, do you realize streaming started in 2017? That's when it hit. It's 2021. Do you realize... That you have streamed with no new music. Three hundred and fifty million streams. Are you freaking serious? Mr. Hammond, that's unheard of. There are R and B artists that ain't hip hop artists that ain't making them count the numbers. He said, You are doing hip hop numbers and you don't even have anything. So <laughs> God. in other words, you still, still still something happening, but still God is still talking. So now with
0: with yeah, three hundred million.
2: The knowledge I have about the stuff. I hear the Holy Ghost say, give it away. Mm. Because he said, give it away back then. So I might not see what the future is for where, why he's telling me to do yeah. this. But I've, you I've you learned to trust right him now. to say, "Yeah, I'm going to do what you said. Even though it doesn't make any, <laughs> any physical sense in my head, I'm not going to lean to my understanding. I'm going yeah. to give it away. And literally, I, mean, I was so broken. But he knows I'll I'll give it to him. I you always come up with a nevertheless. I say, here you go. Yeah. Nevertheless, here here it is. You know how hard I worked, you know how how I did, and you know what my intention was. So I'm always working on that and you know, that's some some place stuff in the in the in the works and you know, just working on some uh <coughs> ways to help other people, get some millennials out there, yeah. let them see some stuff.
0: We even start producing people?
2: I'm, I'm starting. I'm putting together a little music factory here in Dallas. Good, so good. That I can uh, let some other young millennials get their chance. But some, but I'm teaching them. Good. How to be who they are and how know?
0: to sustain themselves, not to just teach them uh, building character and longevity. Yeah, in the it's industry. not
2: it's, it's it's not just about talent. It's yeah, people with talent that ain't going nowhere. Exactly. But it's about people with character. Yeah.
0: So that's dope, man. Now that's that's where you leave a legacy is when you start building up the next generation with all those years cuz the fact that you've been able to be so successful and this is we didn't have no Facebook, no TikTok, no IG, no YouTube. That, it so. was straight grassroots, getting in the in the van traveling from city to city and the fact that you can go and pop up at a church and pack it out to this very day lets mm-hmm. you know how legendary you are and how like when you hear people in 2021 Singing "No Weapon" and yeah. it's getting you through it. I was watching um, <clears throat> this dope video that you had posted with Leandria <clears throat> Johnson singing to DMX, DMX yeah. singing to DMX. But so, and like, he when you was s-
2: directing it, he was he was yeah. asking for it. He was like, he was asking, he was he was taking it in. You know what I mean? So,
0: what does that? How does that make you feel when you see somebody else singing your song to a major hip hop rap artist like that I in know. their most trying I time? I love it.
2: I love it, man. I, I really do love it. It's like. That's what the song was birthed for. It wasn't birthed just to get an award or do this, that, and other. It was, you know, uh, behind the scenes, God is still working. You know, yes. and, I'm, and I looked at it and said, you know what, man? I'm really glad I followed your leading. I'm there glad I did what you told me to do, which is nine times out of ten, just take the humble road. You know, uh, I, when I think about the turmoil and the, the, the troubles that was back in them days of haters and people sabotaging, trying to, you know, when I left commission, how people talked about me like a dog, and how they they tried to sabotage me, how they I tried to lose get me out of my record deal and this that another, and how God just said, just relax, <laughs> just do what I tell you to do, and now I look back and I trusted His word. That's what I'm glad He said, man. See, I told you. Didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you? And so I just I'm gonna keep on doing that and. Uh, and hopefully, and you know, it just gets better from here. So, you know, I'm like, I get calls from all these different people, you know, different rap artists and and young producers that like, can I just do a, rap, a track for you? Yeah, because I just it's on my bucket list. People yeah. told me that They said, man, you are on my bucket list. I want to work with you. That's good. Before we die, And yeah. I'm like, well, man, let's let's just keep let's keep it popping.
0: Let me ask you this real quick. I've never even heard the story about about uh, behind no weapon. Where did that song come from?
2: It was out of Detroit in a service, uh, Wayne T. Jackson, uh, Great Faith Ministries in Detroit. And he was um, he was prophesying. They would have these churches. And I was I had learned the song of the Lord at Dunamis Outreach uh, Church. And uh, I learned how to sing the song of the Lord, like tap into the spirit, hear what this Lord is saying. And if people don't know what the song of the Lord of. It's like what rappers do when they do a freestyle. Yeah. They just sit there and they just talk, 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 talk. Well, the song of the Lord is singing freestyle. Like you just, you sing whatever the spirit of that moment and your creativity, you start, you just start singing. And it was after church, after he preached like a David Martin, You know, after he started preaching, Mm -hmm. he started prophesying. So he's like, okay, cool. And he was walking up the aisle and he stopped. He said, his sister, he said, sister, the Lord have told me to tell you that He is restoring all the years that the cankerworm, the moth of eaten, and uh, and the the thieves that stole from you are going to be restored a hundredfold. You catch a thief, he must re- uh, uh, return sevenfold, tenfold. And um, one of my little guys was on the uh, organ, and he was just playing, the, he was just playing the melody. And I was like, and I knew in a second he's going to turn to me and say, you know, basically. You know, take it away. And uh, I waited and I heard what he said to the young lady. And when he said it, the church went up and it was just all in arms and everybody was just glorifying God. And then the scripture in Isaiah came No and formed against me shall prosper. And I put a little hood on it. Good <laughs> long word. You know, and I'm always be hood. I'm always <laughs> look look God out. will do what he said he would do. Stand by his word. He will come to. And we sang that song for a year before it ever anybody ever heard Dang. it in the church. And whenever we sang it, it was amazing. You know, so you sang we it for sang, a year? I sang it for about a year. So we what? would recorded it. Yeah, we just was singing it at our church, you know. <laughs> and then I said, man, I'm, I'm gonna take it out and then put it on Spirit of David. Yes. And then we put it on Spirit of David, it just went. Fred, let me tell
0: you something. That doggone album.
2: Yeah, that's one of my favorites.
0: I was in my I was in my storage because I had moved and um in the beginning of April and I came across that C D and I just sat there and looked and I just stared at it. The light blue album and I'm mm. looking at it and I'm going and in my mind flashed back all the way to when I was nineteen years old and I was listening to that album. That album got me through a lot.
2: Yeah. Bruh. Got me through a lot. Oh God. Yeah. Them God. songs I wrote were not the songs I wrote, I wasn't fortunate enough to just read, write them and look at them from the outside.
0: Yeah. I had
2: to experience each and every one of them songs. So when you hear no weapon, it's because I was dealing with a weapon. Mm. And when you hear breathe into me, mm. Lord. Yeah, so you can't like, even say
0: something, Tyler. I'm, I'm, I'm going
2: <laughs> to calm down. Boy, let me tell you something. It was because I was at a point in my life I was losing my family, and I felt like I was falling off the tallest mountain in the world, like in, like in slow motion. And I was reaching, just you know how you see the person falling, and ah, you see them, and they going way away. I felt like that, and I felt like I actually hit the ground. And when I hit the ground, all the air rushed out of my lungs, and I was gasping for air. And when I did, it was just my whole life was going on. And um, I just said, I need the Lord to put. I, my prayer was, Lord, put your mouth on my mouth, cover my nose. Uh. And breathe back into me what you breathed into, Adam, because my life is gone. I am, I'm going to blow this. This is over with for me. I, I There is nowhere else, place I can go. Breathe into me. Give me some life. And uh, that's where that song came. What's that verse? Condemnation tries to hold me. Like a prisoner in chains. And the weight of all my burdens is calling out my name. That's, that's when, when I lift up my, my voice. voice. to worship. You, you because, because I, I know. know. Mm-hmm. Let me t- man. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Fred. Let me tell you something. You don't. You, you don't promised understand. you'd wash me as white as snow. <laughs> I think that is the, the, the ticket. Let me see where I'm at. I'm, we got two, three minutes. I've yeah, been looking. Three minutes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that's the biggest problem. If I could talk to any of the brothers out there, any sisters, you know, whether you're married, not married, you know, whether you, whatever you're doing, and you, you feel like you've blown it, and um, you feel like you you jacked it up. The enemy wants you to live in condemnation. Condemnation tries to hold me like a prisoner in chains. But the weight of all my burdens is calling out my name. That's when I lift up my voice to worship. See, that's how I became a worshiper. I, came a wor- I became a worshiper because I took all of my, not the good stuff. See, people in church, and that's what I see, they they worshiping and hey, yeah, mm-hmm. worship and worship. But I would worship by myself and I would take the dirt in my life, and I would hold it up to the Lord and say, okay, can you fix this? There it is. Can you fix this? You said, "Cast all your cares, not just, not here's my offering, here's my worship, here's my praise. No, here's my dirt. This is what my wife don't know. This is what my family don't know. There it is. This is what my best friends don't know about me. And I hold it up to you. That level of trust, that's worship. You know, a lot of people... Uh, I've come to know this revelation is the Bible says um, God is a spirit and they that worship him must be worship him in spirit and in truth. But what I've learned is that we've turned worship into antics. Mm. You know, we, we come before we have praise team. and It's nothing wrong with that. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a deed. It's something that we do and we turn it into worship. We stand there and we do this and we sway, but God is more, in tune and receives the truth of who you are. Yes. More than he receives the antics of what you'd call worship. So the truth of who I am for real, the brokenness, the horrible part of me, the part that I need fixed, this is, I'm going to worship you with my truth. Here's my truth. I don't have to tell you about the good stuff I did and how I helped Derek Jackson, how I helped that one. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. and this person called me and said I don't have to tell you that but my truth is my broken parts that I trust you with and I don't have to say hey that baby, hey, I don't have to do any antics with it all I have to do is say I trust you so much that I give you this I give you this my truth because guess what he already knows it there <laughs> so is. It's what does. how do you try to hide <laughs> what well, he already knows you just look stupid <laughs> Well, I decided my worship is for real. Here's my here's my stuff. There it is, and I'm constantly putting it for them daily. Okay, here's some more stuff, and here, I got no, no, I got some more. I got some more here. That's more. know, you see all that back there. Oh, no, nah, I, 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 I'm just getting started. But you know, that's that's where you get the song. Uh, um, one of my favorite songs. I can't. I can't. I got so many lyrics going on. Is that? Um, uh, could an awesome God find common ground within? Uh, it's, it's basically, I'm overwhelmed that you would cause me friend. Yeah. What is what is man that thou art mindful of him? Could an awesome God find common ground Ground within? with man. You have told me that you want to be with me, and I'm overwhelmed that you would call me friend. So he's there. You just have to get out the religious box and realize the intimacy that the truth of who you are is what God adores in your worship. So
0: shoot on that note, Fred, let me tell you something. Thank you so much for blessing the listeners and the viewers of the dear future wifey podcast, man. You're my brother. I love you. You are such a dope individual. Always have been Um, proud of everything that you're doing. It's even more, I'm even more proud that you have the wherewithal and the, the, the sacrifice to, Give your gift away to be able to say, "Hey, listen, God told me to give this away, so I'm gonna go and give this and lay this out on the altar." Right. And so I'm looking forward to this awesome album that you're gonna be giving out to the world. That's gonna be blessing and and I mean, people have gone gone through so much during the pandemic, lost man, a lot of loved ones. Tell me about yeah, it. you've been you've been through some things with, with COVID too, and and God. COVID,
2: lost family and friends, and you know just you know just did it, man. I mean, put the building in forbearance, and mm. you know, but God was faithful. There he, was is. So he was just faithful to say, you know what, I got you. But he is going to put you in a position that you're going to have to trust him. There he is, is. going to put you. you got to trust him. And the, your faith will be tested. And so I owe him everything. So if he says give it away, I'm giving it away. You know, if he says you're never, Tyler's never going to call you. So be yeah. it. Yeah. Hulu is never going to call you. And it, it, one last final thing, though. I, I did a little bitty play in my garage. Virtual play called Survivor Williams, and I did. He did let me put that on the shelf for twenty dollars, and people can go virtually view it. And I did a COVID episode, and it wasn't as funny as as the first one, so it didn't make the money back. I lost money on it, but he told me to minister to people through COVID, so it was a little more serious. Mm. And um, everybody know funny is money, yeah, you know? but yeah. it was very very serious, and it dedicated. Well, one person saw it and he called while it was going on he said man this is amazing 50 people have promised me a netflix conversation mm-hmm. and nobody has delivered because of that one episode this one guy said i'm going to make a call 5 days later i was on the phone 20 minutes with a netflix exec saying okay i want to sit down and talk to you about developing something good so i got in the room from one just being obedient there it is you know but at the end of the day there's still no promise in it yeah. but God always gives that glimmer, and that, that, step that glimmer of hope to say, just do what I tell you to do. There it is, and uh, rock with those who rock, and you know, don't don't be tripped, don't don't become bitter, don't become you know, messed up. You know, forgive, and keep it pushing. And that's
0: Ar- how you move. Armani, I want you to hear that because I know in your generation, as young as you are, you're trying to make your YouTube channel pop off and you feel like it's not popping off as quick as you want it to and you want to give up. Here's a man that's a legend in the game. I'm talking about legend in the game, letting you know that for the next level that he wants, stuff just don't happen just because you want it. He has the followers. He has the credentials. He has it the talent. It just a-
2: happened. <laughs> and and if, you, if you're arrogant, if you're arrogant, man, you, you, you're prideful. You'll get hurt, yeah. you know, from disappointment and and, and shame and and, and and this, and you feel like you you deserve anything. I, I heard Robert Downey Jr. say something on, on when it was Jay Leno, and he had just got the role of Iron Man, mm. and he said, and he, and he Leno asked him, he said, "So man, you've been gone for quite a while, and you kind of disappeared from the scene, and and, and, and you know, you seemed like you couldn't buy a, a role." <laughs> You know, and uh, and uh, Robert said, "Yeah, that's true." He said, "But this one thing I've learned: if you, for those of us that had the limelight, and then you're hearing everybody saying you lost it, and, you know, you don't have it anymore, and you're not getting the calls, and you're not getting what you think, um, and you see other people moving in, and they're taking over the roles, and you're left to figure it out. If you're humble enough to get at the end of the line, mm. you will find yourself, after a while, Come at on. the front of the line again. <laughs> there it is. And that's, that's key. And so, <laughs> look at what I did. I gave away. I didn't even have the money to do that concert. Yeah. And then from that concert, I did like six more. <laughs> but God sustained because... Pastor would say, "Can I buy one of those songs?" From you my sure church? was, yeah. You was doing those oh, those okay, virtual things. Cool. Yeah. Like, "Well, can you <laughs> can I buy that song from?" Me? And so people, God sustained me by giving it away for free. He yes. sustained us to make it through the pandemic when people buildings on our road was shutting down. Yeah, but look what happened. I gave it away. I started with one point two million people. Mm-hmm. This year now I have two point two million people. How many people is that in, in gross of just? <laughs> Is a million people? Yes, yeah, a million. A million people. In the pandemic. Giving it away. So you gotta, you know, <laughs> I ain't gonna know, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Give me. it away. You can't be God given. That's what they say. You know, do the best you can and, and, and work that social media and um, stop worrying about what you don't got. Yes. What you got.
0: There it is. Make sure that
2: y'all follow uh, Fred on IG. My Instagram is realfredh. On Instagram, I just started like five, six weeks ago. I just I'm late to the party. I just started TikTok. Just <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fred's on TikTok, yeah.
2: You know, but it's just I'm just giving nuggets and letting yeah. people hear a little music. I'm not doing a dance, airy dance. <laughs> you ain't gonna be dancing. I'm not doing none of that stuff. you ain't gonna be on there twerking for it. Ain't none of it. <laughs> But um, um, I'm on. I am the real Fred Hammond on on, on TikTok. TikTok. I'm on Fred Hammond. Fan page, the Fred, Fred Hammond fan page on Facebook. Okay, if you look on there and you see 2.2 million. That's me. yes yeah. that's that's the real me. Uh, and my YouTube page is, I believe, it's just Fred Hammond. The two point. What, what is, is, it? is it? Just Fred Hammond on YouTube. So. Oh, that's good. Simple. Uh, simple as that. So y'all follow brother up, and uh, once again, God is still talking. Uh,
0: Fred is still listening That's right. <laughs> Fred is still listening thank you so much for joining us on the podcast thank you for blessing us man blessings to you and God bless bless you
1: Discover Uncover Recover Love with the new Dear Future collection the journey starts from within let your inner thoughts find freedom on the pages of this richly hued Dear Future Blue Sapphire Edition genuine leather journal it features a cross stitched spine and luxurious cording to bind your deepest insights. A great accompaniment is the Dear Future Luxury Bamboo Fountain Pen. There's nothing more intentional than the writing process of a fountain pen. This is an elegant writing work of art. Join the thriving community of fountain pen enthusiasts and purchase one today. These exclusive items and more are available. At dearfuturewifey.com.
0: Man, you can't imagine how happy I was to have my boy Fred Hammond on the podcast today. I mean, we worked on several projects together. Um, He's been in my shows, I've been in his shows, we've uh, directed shows together, I've uh, helped co produce the Festival of Praise. And just to be able to call this brother a friend is uh, very humbling to me because, like I said, his music has gotten me through so much. Worship is my saving grace. When I go through some of the most trying times, I don't go turn on my favorite R&B song. I don't go turn on my favorite classical song. I turn on... Worship to take me to the throne room of God And so you'll hear some References in this letter to my Dear future wifey um, Some Fred Hammond song references And those that are Fred Hammond Fans will pick up on it Dear future wifey Are you a worshiper Worship is not Only the highest form of intimacy with my lord And savior it's the most intimate Connection we'll experience Can we worship together. Can we strip down before the Lord and shed our weighted garments of insecurities, hurts, frustrations, and fears? Are you vulnerable enough to allow tangible tears to roll down your cheek while singing to an intangible God? Please note, I am all that I am because of my submission to worship. I've healed my mind through worship. Worship is a balm to my soul. Worship has been the soundtrack of my salvation don't be alarmed if you see me laying on the floor weeping and speaking in a language you can't translate join me let's bombard the gates of hell together Jesus be a fence around us because you are the living word we're blessed because no weapon formed against us will prosper I will trust in the name of the Lord give me a clean heart and then breathe into me O Lord so my heart is pure before you. Always. Your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.